0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, hello, dude. That's like my favorite South Park episode. Um, Cast episode eighteen. This is a big one. Uh, I'm watching uh, some Seattle versus Philly. But enough of that. We got something very important here. Uh, the U2 album came out. The new U2 album, Songs of experience the sequel to songs of innocence came out on friday i know all you millennials my fellow millennials out there this is what you want this is what you want to hear talked about reviewed. this is what you're worried about it's not the hip-hop albums of the year it's not kendrick it's not asap it's not uh rick flair drip it ain't post malone post malone was supposed to drop an album but he didn't you know who did you know who dropped an album when they said they were going to on that day you too did post malone couldn't do it in time that's all I'm gonna say right there. You two, they delivered. Post Malone didn't deliver, so now we're stuck with this. And now I'm gonna review this and talk about it. But first, to uh, yeah, the Bono haters, uh, yeah, I yeah, I just go fuck yourselves. You know, yeah, yeah, you you got nothing. You wish you were this guy. I mean, I think about it all the time. Just imagine selling out stadiums and arenas. For literally 30 years. It's been 30 years since the Joshua Tree came out. And you're still selling out stadiums. And people are still loving you. And, you know, young hotties in their 20s for some reason are still going to see you. I'd be going nuts. I'd be crazy too. I don't know. You know, Bono gets a lot of heat because he wears sunglasses. But so does Jack Nicholson. He wears sunglasses all the time. But that makes him cool. That's because... There's just, I don't know, there's a huge uh, hipster populace out there on uh, Pitchfork Magazine or RateYourMusic.com. They just, they hate you two no matter what. And uh, anything they do must be discarded immediately and, uh, you know, not taken seriously. So it's 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 part of that. It's part of that with the hipsters. And just, you can't be this mega rock star with a good voice and uh, play these huge arenas. That's, like, bad. Everyone's got to be, like... Some lame-ass band. I don't know. But for better or worse, though, U2's impact, immense. Huge. I mean, dude, you got... There would be a Coldplay, okay? Everything Chris Martin does, it sounds like... It's like U2 for the 2000s. And then The Killers, all their songs, it's totally U2-based. The one, like, guitar solo on uh, Somebody Told Me sounds exactly like, I don't know, The Edge's solo on, like, Miracle Drug. Or something? No, no, I don't know. It was some song, but they sound similar. But um, yeah, I'm just fired up. Uh, they performed on SNL the other night. Well, last night I watched that, and uh, they were all right. You know, I'm gonna say it. They were all right. They were decent, and um, it really didn't move me. It's like Bono had like a like a microphone with the flag painted on it, and uh, it was kind of weird. But it's a bit too much. It's a bit too much sucking up to America. It's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. You know, you like us. That's what we're all thinking here. It's like we get it, dude. Bono, why don't you become an American citizen and pay taxes? Probably not because taxes are probably cheaper for him in uh, the in Ireland or uh, the Netherlands, where he's a uh, you know he avoids taxes there. But we're, regardless of that, okay, still a big band. Like, just go back to what I'm saying. Like, like when you're a band that big, you know, just Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, you know, Big Jack, like, just the Stones, you know, just all those groups, like, there's some kind of... Like, you gotta be somewhat crazy. Like, it's gotta be crazy. Just, you're going up in front of all these people and performing in front of them. Of course, you know, there's gonna be diluted opinions. You know, there's gonna be the haters. You know, I don't know. You two, like... I remember when that album came out. Everyone was like freaking out. You, you put it on. You put it on the iTunes. Oh my god. Oh my god, dude. A Drake or like Beyonce done that? It, like I don't think anyone would have cared. Well, I think Beyonce people would have cared because all the people like because Fox News would have been like all the you know the hicks would have called in on Fox News. They would have been like I was trying to listen to some uh, Luke Brown and Kenny Chesney. And all of a sudden this Beyonce song came on and it fucking you know I just it just struck a nerve struck a nerve. So the Fox Fox would have been pissed had Beyonce downloaded her album to everybody, but I uh, don't know. You two was the test dummy. They wanted to see how it would go. But it doesn't matter now because that album kinda of, that album pretty much sucked. They did they were really weren't uh it just didn't really sound inspired. They're like, Oh, we're looking back to why we wanted to be in a band. I was just like, Real I don't know. This album I don't know. I've listened to it a few times, wrote down some lyrics not wrote down the lyrics, but I just wrote, I took notes, I took notes for this podcast, I told how, how excited I am to do it, and it's, um, a lot of it's, you know, they got, they got, like, a purpose here on this album, you know, it's not, not all the songs are great, obviously, they're past that point in their career, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's good, like, but I don't know, Bono sounds, uh, he sounds sincere, and he sounds, uh, scared. I mean, half of it's, like, About his own near death experience. I know he was in that uh, New York City bike accident in 2014 that did. He broke a couple bones. He had bones poking out of his body. And since that happened, he aged like drastically, just sitting in the uh, freaking hospital bed for, you know, forever. And then so he just read a couple, you know, I think he read a few songs from that bed to put on the album. And then I think he had. They were saying in interviews that there was another health scare recently. That's what they were saying. It's like the rumor I don't know what it is exactly and he doesn't want to talk about. It. so I think he's had recent years just two like health scares where he could have he could have died from that, you know and I think that that definitely formed a lot of the songwriting on the album. Uh, he was coming from like an area of fear and just kind of like reflecting on himself, his band, his fans, his wife, his kids, you know, just kind of like looking back on like, you know he's probably thinking like I'm going to die one day. Then another thing is just Trump being elected. And it's totally evident in some of these songs. Uh, it's just like the shock of Trump being uh, elected as the president and just talking about, um, you know, the refugee crisis that's in Syria right now and just all the major issues with that. I, you, you know, U2's always been a. I mean, they've always been a very political band. Just like just from the get go. Like from. Like, from the war album. That's when they became political. And it was, uh... That came out in 83, I think. And, then, yeah, right on there, they had Sunday Bloody Sunday. It was, like, their first real, like, big hit. And that just talked about the troubles in Northern Ireland. And back then, Ireland, that's where all the, um... Terrorism was going on in the 70s and 80s. Ireland was... Ireland was pretty bad. I mean, if you just look at it from all metrics, like, just... Their economy wasn't good. There was a lot of violence, uh... But now it's like that seemed to tamper, you know, it's definitely like tampered off in that nation. So I think just back then, I think that's, that's I think what's part of what made U2 so big. They were just this Irish band. It was something different. And like back then, I think in the 80s, Ireland was viewed, I think, by a lot, you know, of people in the Western world. It's like Ireland's like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of like what's what Syria is today, you know, just with terrorism and just, just, you know, civil war and infighting. So it's it's kind of definitely a generational thing. Cause I think nowadays people look at Ireland, it's like, Oh, it's a great country. I want to study abroad there, you know? But, um, Jesus, I like so many thought I should probably just talk about like, uh, how I ended up becoming just a big YouTube fan in general. I think, uh, I could remember way back during the, uh, 2000 summer Olympics and, um, I think Beautiful Day was on, like, the soundtrack there. And I just remember watching the Olympics. They had, you know, they had, you know, the torch and the flags and, you know, the big Olympic Dome in Sydney and everything was cool and fun. And then, you know, they would just be playing before commercial break, after commercial break, Beautiful Day, and it was just one of those big, just atmospheric, you know, song. You know, you just felt, like, calm when you listen to a song like that and you can just kind of, like, reflect. I didn't know it was Beautiful Day. I didn't know it was YouTube, but it just sounded nice. It sounded like don't oh, now you were in church or something and just felt like you were in a you were in a safe place and everything was gonna be all right. And then uh kind of a couple years down the road, um, I remember two thousand six was when I really first started watching football. And on Monday night football, New Orleans Saints were on and they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. And um and that was like their first time being back in like the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina. And you two, they performed on there with Green Day. I've always had a soft spot for Green Day too. I love I like the um, American Idiot album. I mean, who doesn't? But it's just... It's like U2 and Green, they were both performing together to like... uh, They did like The Saints Are Coming or something like that. And I just saw... I think it's just the exposure. I was just able to see them on TV and it would just be U2 there. And I was just like, oh shit, these guys are not bad. They're pretty cool. And, uh... Yeah. And my dad had their CDs and would play them. He'd play, uh... He'd play all that you can't leave behind and he'd play uh How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. He had those CDs and I used to listen to those CDs all the time over and over and over again before I discovered that they had like they had earlier shit that was better. So that kind of I don't know, I I just think it's just something I grew up with. And I remember watching like when Obama got <laughs> when Obama got inaugurated as president, they had a concert, U2 was there too and they played like Pride. But I don't know if I was I don't even think I, I didn't get into music until like I don't know. I didn't really care about music till I was in like seventh or eighth grade because before then I didn't care. I just played video games the whole time. So seventh or eighth grade, I, I got into music, and like it was just whatever. Like you're, you know, that's how most people start. It's just whatever your parents listen to. Like my dad, like my, you know, it's like my dad was the one that, you know, he he had the albums. He'd always be listening to some. So it was like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, you too. And then it kind of like since then it kind of like branched down to other areas of music and I don't know discovered hip hop man it's great stuff Kanye best ever one of the best to do it I think Kanye is like similar to that's why I like I like Kanye and Bono because they're both similar in many ways they're just both two polarizing figures they've you know they're j- they're just big they're people that like to go big be big and they just they just go for it but um. Yeah, enough about that. I'm just gonna break down this album. If you haven't listened to the album yeah, I mean, you can stream it. You know, it's that time. But I just, I just took a few notes about every track on this album. And uh, I, there's like, there's a couple crappy songs, but I mean, what U two album doesn't at this point? And I can al- you know, I can already hear some of these songs just in the supermarket, like uh. You're the best thing about me. I heard that in the supermarket before Christmas season started. Now everything's all Christmas songs and crap. I'm still waiting for Afro Man to get his Christmas song. I'm still waiting to hear deck my balls in um in a shopping center at some point. But um yeah, track by track. So uh what's it? They start out with a song uh the first song's like quiet, it's and it's uh it's pretty dark, I guess, the intro going into it. It's called "Love Is All We Have Left." Now, there's three songs of this album with "Love" in the title, and then you're just kind of, you're just kind of like, oh, God. oh Jesus, what's he gonna do? But um, I didn't really like the beginning song. It's just, it's just sketches, I guess, kind of like his verses, and it and they had like Kanye autotune on there. Bono was using like Deano auto tuning, <laughs> but I, whatever. Nine years too late, all right, buddy. Kanye did that shit back in 08 and he made a banger. It was called Heartless in the night. But, um, I don't know. That song, I think it was like two minutes long. It was just kind of like a dark intro, kind of just like, this is it. This is Trump's America. What do we do? Love is all we have left in Trump's America. But it's not looking too good for Trump right now. Maybe they'll finally impeach him in the new year. We can, and then we'll have that fuckhead Pence as the president. You know, the ele- like, electrocuting gays guy. It's really fucked. And then you got Paul Ryan. I, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go in the new year. I just got to let it go. There's nothing most of us can do. We just got to sit back and watch and see what the Mueller man does. But anyway, second track, Lights of Home. I, I like this one. It was good. Shouldn't be here because I should be dead. Right off the bat, talking about... um. Uh, Bono's bike incident from a few years ago, but there was rumors of another more recent health scare that he had. I wonder what it was. Maybe I'm not going to speculate on that, but I'm always thinking it's like, what could that be? You know, you kind of want to hear something. But I think that right when it gets into the chorus though, it's nice. It's it's good. Like you're sold. I mean, I, it's just Hey now yeah, do you know my name? And then they had like a nice little guitar solo. You know? And then um uh, right into the third song was uh You're the best thing about me, that single. Yeah. Some EDM artist made a remake of it. You 2 wants to be pop, you can tell, like all all most like most of these songs are like four minutes long. The vast majority of them are four minute long songs, so they want these to be played on the radio. They want to hear it on the radio in the supermarket, out at the theme park, you know. But um, you're the best thing about I think I, I, I think it's all right. I don't know. I want I want to not like this song, but then the chorus comes in and you're hooked. You know, it's just yeah. The best thing about me, the best thing that ever happened to boy. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to talk about. It's all about the hooks, man. Like they know, they know how to make a catchy song. And then get out of your get out of your own way. It's not quite go your own way by Fleetwood Mac. It's not quite that song, although it's similar. Maybe they were listening to some Fleetwood Mac whenever they recorded this. But it's definitely uh, a political one. They got references to Abe Lincoln, liberty, you know, slavery, freedom, slave masters, all kinds of that shit. But um, I don't know. They had uh, Kendrick did like a spoken word towards the outro. I thought it was alright. I don't know it seemed like here, let's put a Kendrick. Let's have ooh here. This is what the kids are listening to, Kendrick Lamar. We'll put him at the end here. I, I liked it better when Kendrick had YouTube featured on, uh, Damn. Because, uh, first off, it sounded good. It was just pretty, like, it was pretty chill and laid back. And Bono really wasn't being Bono. Like, everyone look at me, here I am. He's just kind of like, he just kind of took it easy and crooned on that one. I don't think it worked as well when YouTube, like, just featured Kendrick. I don't know. It just seemed like towards the end of that song, they were like, here, we got some Kendrick. And then in American Soul, Kendrick, uh, he continued spoken word into that song. Uh, and then uh oh, there's like a reference to. um Oh, yeah. That verse he had. It's not a place. This country is to be a sound of drum and bass. You close your eyes to look around. That's where that's from. So that's sampled from American Soul that Kendrick used on his album. So Kendrick sampled uh, Bono's "American Soul verse on there, so that's where that's from, and that's kind of where the connection is there, you know. I I gotta give props to Kendrick though; he had you two featured on his album, you know. That takes you know that, that takes a little that takes some balls there. He didn't have to do that. He could be like, "Nah, they're lame," you know. But I know I digged it, and then they went. I, I, but "American Soul, I don't know. I didn't really like it, you know you are rock and roll you you are are yeah yeah that's just what that was and that came from uh that was like a reference back to volcano so a lot of the lyrics on this are from songs of innocence there's a you know there's quite a few lyrics on here that are reused and i guess that's kind of what puts the two albums together and they performed american soul and i thought it i thought it was mediocre it was a mediocre uh perform i don't know I just always get nervous whenever I see like my favorite artists perform, always ner- I always just look for like, oh, how could it go wrong, how could it go wrong, but um, I saw you 2 the first time I saw you 2 was this year, I saw them twice in like three days, dedicated fan, it was in early June, I saw them on a Wednesday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, I was like way in the back, and they killed it, I was nervous, I'm just gonna stop right here and just talk about the concerts, but um, I was nervous when that happened. Because I was thinking, oh jeez, these guys are like 56, 57, I don't know how good it's gonna be and they've been touring a lot and maybe, you know, they're just not feeling it tonight, but right when they got in, the Sunday Bloody Sunday, man, they killed it and it just the guitar and everything came in and I was just pumped. And that was a great show at Heinzfield. I was just excited. My voice was just gone after like half of the set list and they went, you know, they played like uh, the early hits before Joshua Tree, Sunday Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day. Pride, and then they did bad. They played bad too, and then they went right into um, Joshua Tree, and then they played the later hits. But um, and then I saw them. I was way back in Hinesfield when I saw them too, but it was still great. I still got to see them like straight ahead, the stage, and everything. But over at Bonnaroo, I was in the pit for them, so Bonnaroo was literally like, not even like ten yards away, maybe like six yards at some point. It's like he was just right up there, and man, that was awesome. I was screaming during that too, and it was just uh, incredible show. Just I don't know, it's like a life changer. Just an incredible live, just a lot of power, man. Just from like those four guys, just Edge, Larry, and uh, Adam on bass, and Bono's voice. I mean, that's just you know, that's the signature, that's the glue. you know, I don't think you know you. You really can't have. I don't think you can have U two without any of. If you take one of those guys out, you really don't have U two. You know, they've been around for so long. It's forty one years of them, just those four in that band. You know, you can't take out the drum. You can't take out the bass player. You can't take out Edge. Take out one of those guys. You know, leaves or you know, goes. I mean, it's just. I don't think you. I don't think you keep going at that point. Who cares man? They they killed at both shows. I want to see them next year. I was looking up ticket prices cuz they're doing another tour in May and they're doing like 24 shows. They've already have scheduled, so they're definitely going to announce a couple more. I was like, "Jesus, you just went on tour and now they're doing arenas and stuff to tour. This album, they're just ambitious." But um I uh I don't know. What's the... Yeah, but back to American Soul. It was about immigration and the American dream. Mentioning the pilgrims. But, um... I don't know. Some of these verses on this album were cringy. I got... I I have to say, I cringed very hard whenever he just... I had the verse. He just goes, Will you be my sanctuary? Refuge Jesus! He combined refuge and Jesus. Refugees and Jesus in the one. And that was, like, the punchline. I don't oh no I didn't I didn't dig it I was just like oh jeez Christ oh Jesus oh Refugees. Jesus then uh summer of love was the next track here and it's uh like the hook on there the guitar hook on that one it sounds like that e d m song prayer and see or whatever by Robin Schultz in that guitar that's what it sounded like to me but I think it was good I liked it it was uh I don't know it's another song about immigration and searching to find a better place. And uh, Bono references the West Coast in the U.S. as a promised land. So it's, like, it's talking about how people, I think it references people in the United States, you know, from Pennsylvania or whatever, trying to journey all the way over through Oklahoma, through, you know, center of the country, through Texas, through uh, Arizona, Utah, Nevada to get to through like the desert and all that to get to california to that promised land there and los angeles and san francisco because there was you know just the great history just the gold rush the beauty and uh, you know that's what attracted a lot of people and a lot of people could not make that journey they just ended up settling in you know oklahoma texas uh yeah just throughout the country and then uh next track on the album is red flag day and i you know, this is one of the good songs on the album. I hope they perform this live. Maybe not, though. I don't know. I don't have a good... Based on what they're performing now, I think they're going to pre- probably perform, like, seven or eight songs, new songs on that tour, and then they'll play, like, 12 to 14, of you know, hits. But um, Red Flag Day was nice. Had a good bass and funk on that track, man. Maybe it's a Red Flag Day. Come almost let' get in the water. uh it's another one that talks about just the migrants from uh Africa, Syria, places uh in Africa and Asia, just you know, just getting on boats, sailing across Europe. Do you look for refuge in uh, places like Italy, France, and um I guess I don't know I just sort of like the uh, reference to like the red flag on a beach It sign- signalizes uh dangerous waters or storms approaching. But Bono, he wants us to take the risk. It's just kind of like... That's what he says in the chorus. He's like, baby, it's a red flag day. Come on, let's get in the water. Like, no matter what they're saying, it's dangerous. It's like, we gotta take this risk. We gotta go find a better place. Not gonna lie, just reading the lyrics... Some of them are bad, but then, like, other ones are good. So I'm just kind of, like, divided over them. I feel like he intentionally makes some of them cheesy. Because he, he likes... Maybe... Maybe he's, he'd like... I don't know. I think he just like maybe he likes getting negative press about how cheesy his lyrics are. Maybe that's what I'm starting to think. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna say refugees. I still can't get over that. I was just like, oh god, out of track a bit. And this next one here was the uh, the showman, a little more better in parentheses, and uh, it's kind of like a funny song. Annoying. I think it's a bit more lighthearted on here. You look so good, little more better. Bono takes a—he uh, takes a hard look at himself in this one, and I think he—some uh, of the lyrics here is, "Baby's because it's born to sing. Singers cry about everything. Still in the playground, falling off a swing. But you know that I know. Um, that all references him. Bono was like—I, just looking at early interviews, Bono was a huge crybaby rebel his early days, trying to start a band. And then, uh, singers Cry About Everything, obviously, mentions Bono. I mean, all of his political songs, just everything there. Still in the pra- playground, falling off a swing. But you know that I'm... That's like talking to the fans, you know? Walk in the room like a birthday cake. So yeah, he thinks he's big shit whenever he, uh, he goes anywhere. But I think he self-deprecates himself pretty well here. I don't know, I just... You know. There's been other rock stars that have had way more obnoxious egos, I think, than Bono has. I mean Bono has a huge one, but it's never been like real vulg, like just I don't know. Whatever. And then they had uh That little Things give you away. Um It's like a slow builder. It reminds you of those eighties ballad songs. Songs like not like bad or anything like that, but it, it sounds like something that could have been on How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, where um they had songs like uh City of Blinding Lights and sometimes you can't make it on your own. It reminds me of songs like that. And those are good. Those are good songs. That's probably U2's last like great album. How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. I like a lot of songs on that. And that was like their last big hit album. Like Vertigo was their last really big hit, and uh. Oh, jeez. They're showing Carson Wentz and Prince Harry on here. You're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. They look alike. Alright, move on. Jesus. I don't get the Royal Family. I think that stuff's stupid. Like, get over it. England, you know? And then, uh... But yeah, back to uh Little Things That Give You Away. It's just, it's a good arrangement, man. It blows, blows you away. Edge got a good guitar solo. Takes us to church, you know? I'm not talking, uh... I'm not talking Jose on that. I almost forgot his name. Not talking Jose on that. But, um, I think that one talks, but yeah, Little Things to Give You Away. That talks about his uh, recent near death experience that was that bike accident. Like, a lot of this talks about it's about Bono's own, like, mortality, and then the other half's just about the political and the social changes that are happening. Like I said, it, this album's you two with a purpose, and when they got a purpose, good things happen. So that's what I like about this album. Then another one is, um, it's like four more songs on here. I have to go through, then I'm done with this. But, uh, next song is Landlady. So instead of a landlord, it's a landlady. And it's a, uh, it's definitely a long, a long love song to his wife, Allie. And it's, uh, it's just in the lyrics. I think it, it's, it's about, like, the probably the loneliness of touring life and missing, uh, his wife back home. I could see that. I mean, like, you know, when you're on tour for months on end and you're not back, you know, and you're gone like three, four, five months. I mean, this recent tour they were on, Joshua Tree, when they started like in April, May, and they toured through like October. I mean, like they've been they've been busy. So, but there's definitely breaks in between. But I mean, you know, you're a busy man. I mean, like people want to see you everywhere and they want you on. Television interviews, you know, in the U- Not only in the U.S. but in like Australia and Europe. I mean, you're made, you big, big time. Uh, I got, I gotta sip this water. Hmm. Then they got a, ah, uh, uh, blackout. I like the blackout when I heard it, like the bass in the intro and the distorted the car. Real wow. And they have a. Uh, this one directly references Trump, I think. And I'll quote it here: "Statues fall, democracy's flat on its back, Jack. Now that's cringy there, back Jack. We had it all, and what we had is not coming back, Zack. Still cringy, like just I don't know, cringy verses there. A big mouth says the people they don't wanna be free fall free, the blackout." Is this an extinction event we see? I don't know. But yeah, it's good. Go easy on me, easy on me, brother. That'd be great to hear live, like in an arena. I think that'll probably be one of the first ones. They're definitely playing that one. Like, that one just gets you pumped up. But, um, yeah, I did also mention it is cringy at times. Here's the other verses from that Earthquakes. Happens. Always happens when you're in bed, Fred. Another one. The house shakes. Maybe it was something I said, Ned. Ned Stark? Damn. Maybe it is Ned Stark. But, uh... Love is bigger than anything in its way. Uh, Yeah, again, this is the third song with love in the title. And, uh... It's a pretty boring track. Uh, Bono works out his vocals here. It's just one of those love, 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 you know, songs that you two will just put out as some good filler. But, um... And, you know, the last one is, I think it's, what's it, 13? 13! So it's the 13th track on the album. There is a Light. And it, uh, it bookend, bookends the album on a softer, quieter note, kind of like the, uh, you know, the first track on the album. And, uh, in many of the lyrics, it alludes to song someone from the uh, Songs of Innocence album. But um. Yeah I mean. You know you could go listen to this anywhere. And I'm not going to rate it. I I can't give it any stars or anything like that. I I think it's. I'll say this. I think it's their best. Since uh. How to Dismantle. But the thing is with music. It's hard to tell just after a couple days. I mean you really got to give it like. Weeks and months to kind of let it assimilate. But I think definitely overall, I mean, U two has a I think has a purpose here, and I think that's where on No Line on the Horizon and on Songs of Innocence they really didn't have one. They were kind of just making albums to go on tour. But I think now that like, you know, with just Trump winning and just the refugee crisis and all that, U two they have a lot to talk about. And they got and Bono's own personal like, uh, you know personal accidents just like a kind of like approaching death there a few times i think that's really you can kind of hear that on this album and the guy that produced the album was ryan tedder or whatever is that his name ryan tedder let will look this up ryan yeah he's the dude from one republic and one republic's just one of those big you know pop band, and you could clearly hear that influence there throughout this whole album like youtube wants they want they want to make stuff that like everyone wants to listen to and they want to be a band that everybody wants to listen to. And I think just in that pursuit, they've had a lot of, uh, haters come in and just, you know, other things like, you know, just hanging out with Bono, hanging out with politicians and, you know, just bank of America sponsoring red and, you know, U2 And all that stuff, just a lot of corporate sponsor, you know what I mean? But it's, I don't know. I can look past that. Cause just go look up, just go look up, uh, their performance at Live Aid in '85, or just some of their early performances in the '80s. Uh, look up the Zoo TV tour, live from Sydney album. That's that album's unreal. Their best album was like Actung Baby," and like the tour that they did for that back in '93. Because because it was like one of those things. Had they broken up then, kind of like what Police did. You're at the top of the world, and then you're done. You just left. I think they would be remembered uh, better but they wanted to keep going and stick together so it's like you can't really blame them for that i mean they were just like oh we're in a band we're us we love touring, you know and trying to do what we can uh you know help bring attention to some causes around the world and uh you know i don't know i don't know but uh yeah yeah dude i mean if i i don't know if I were to give an album... I can't really give an album like if you're just starting to get into U2. I think you really gotta... I don't know. I listen to Actong... Definitely listen to Actong Baby. Definitely listen to... I listen to War. I listen to... Uh, Unforgettable Fire. I listen to those ones. Because Joshua Tree, the first half's great. I mean, you know... Listen to Streets. That's a great song. That's like the best song on that album. Because there's like nothing else that sounds like that but um I think but yeah I'd say that Actong I've listened to Actong Baby I've listened to War and i listened to Unforgettable Fire because it's like everyone knows Josh Butcher. everyone knows it's like one of the biggest albums ever I mean you know the first half of that album that everyone loves and uh yeah that's that and uh I don't know Go Steelers. Steelers play tomorrow night or today or tonight or the uh, yesterday or in the past. Most people listen to this, they'll probably listen to this on like a Tuesday or something. And I know it's finals week out there, you people. I mean, you got to got to buckle down. Next couple weeks here, finals week coming up. You know, if you're a college student or if you're some or if you're like a parent, you know, Shocked that there's like a millennial YouTube fan out there, somebody that's like in their 40s or 30s working, uh, the day shift. I'm there with you too because I also work in an office, so I'll just be listening to the new YouTube 2 album all day there too. There's like I have my work. He also listens to YouTube, like he'll sing it. He's been listening to like the new shit and he'll um, like he'll be like singing it like out loud quietly to himself like during work and it's like I could just tell and it's like I just feel like going up to this guy and be like, hey, you listen to that new YouTube? I I just haven't yet though. I just haven't because of, I don't know just because of awkwardness, you know. I should I should bring it up at like work tomorrow if he's listening to it. I'm sure he is, because it just came out. But uh yeah. All right. I got a movie review here too. I'm gonna bookend this. I watched Easy Rider last night. That has Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and Jack Nicholson were all in that. And um, Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, they were like – I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but they were like these hippies traveling from L.A. to get to um, New Orleans to celebrate Mardi Gras. And it's just like – it covers the whole hippie lifestyle. It came out in 69. They were all doing drugs and shit and just everything. They were doing all that in the movie, and they had like a real trippy – like. Scene when they were like doing acid and shit. It was really like it was good. I like I thought it'd be kind of like campy a little bit, but then it's it just slowly was like holy shit, this is this isn't bad. And then Jack Nicholson, he was a uh, he played a a lawyer that they found. They found they they'll, they'll find him somewhere. W- watch the movie, but like he's just you know he's he's just he's just Jack Nicholson, and that was uh that was his first like I think reading about it, that was like his first big break in a movie role. So um. Yeah, it was I don't know. Then he went on to kill it and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh you know, Batman, a few good men, uh, you know, the departed. Just classic terms of endearment or whatever, just you know. I haven't seen like I haven't seen Batman with I haven't seen a lot of movies. I need to like I need to dedicate like two days to like watching just Jack Nicholson's best movies. That's what I need to do. Hasn't he won like three Academy Awards or something like that for Best Actor? Like Jesus Christ. That's just like that's insane. Right? I'm gonna look it up. Jack Nicholson Academy Awards. I think he's been nominated. He's won. Yeah, he's won back he's won Best Actor three times. As good as it gets, in terms of endearment. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Best actor. He was a nominee. About Schmidt. A Few Good Men. Ironweed, Weed. Honor. Reds. Chinatown. Last Detail. Five Easy Pieces. Easy Rider. He was also in another movie. The Shining, too. Yeah, that's like another class. I need to watch all these. That's like 12, that's like 13 movies you need to watch. Jack Nicholson in them. Dude's like a legend. Dennis Hopper in that movie it was so weird. He just wore like... We were like the same clothes the whole movie. But it was pretty badass. It was a pretty good movie. All right. So, uh oh, shit. I'm almost at 40 minutes on this. But, yeah, Uh, if you like this podcast, you know, you could subscribe or add me on Twitter at the stooch. I'll have all those contact details on the bottom. But Twitter at the TheStooch, T-H-E-S-T-U-C-H. Uh, Instagram at T-H-E underscore S-T-U-C-H. And then if you want to email the podcast, anything. Questions, comments, concerns, you know, I I just want to answer questions. I just want to go scroll, look at a question, and take 10 minutes to answer one really bad. So you can email me a question on the podcast, stoochcast, S-T-U-C-H-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. All right, that'll be it. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this review. I hope, uh, I don't know, learned a little bit of something. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe you enjoyed the honesty, the input of a youtube fan on here so yeah take her easy